Last week I told you the story of my 42-year trip to suicide hell. Today I will share the 38 years of my coming back to life. I will talk about surviving the terror of early recovery and learning to forgive myself, my parents, and my entire culture for all the adversity that comes with being a human being. Welcome to Love Always Wins. My name is David Hazen. I am recovering from a wounded victim identity and have committed myself to healing the culture of separation and violence. I'm here to share a journey to connection and belonging. Nothing in this episode should be construed to be advice or a suggestion that anyone should or could expect the same results as I have experienced from the actions I have taken. In early 1985, I began to cautiously admit that I was addicted to marijuana, mostly because whenever I attempted to quit, I became extremely angry. A treatment intake counselor suggested that I try a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. That first meeting convinced me that I belonged in that fellowship. Within a few days, I walked the 18 blocks to treatment after 22 years of using. As I walked, I wept and moaned in self-pity and terror, terrified of falling into the unknown abyss of a life without my familiar crutches of marijuana and alcohol. I imagined that the stigma, the shame of going to treatment for addiction would destroy my relationships to my wife, friends, and family. Fortunately, it did the reverse. In addition to the 20 hits on a bong every day, I had been drinking gin and vodka every evening. And when they put me into detox, I began a repeating nightmare of rage, sweat, chills, and crying over and over. I desperately prayed for help, something I had never done before. In a short time, I calmed down. I was amazed. I then put my best efforts into treatment, aftercare, and going to 12-step meetings, mostly to please my wife and counselor. I was very shy about speaking in meetings, until I realized I was hurting myself by remaining silent. After nine months, I finally got a sponsor who pushed me to work the steps. During the first few years of recovery, there was a lot of distrust and argument between myself and my wife. She began attending Naranan meetings for the family of addicts. Over time, we reduced our attempts to fix each other and began to grant space for the other to fix themselves. Whenever I worked the steps with my sponsor, the dark memories and guilt from my past would haunt me and I would struggle with my negative self-talk. However, things kept getting better as I understood how the 12-step program was changing my personality as no other therapy 
had done, my self-esteem began to rise. At two years into recovery, I finally surrendered my secret plan to return to using when I was 90 years old and it, quote, it didn't matter anymore, unquote. I realized that my final years could be better than that and that I was worth it. I was healing my relationship with my son, who had no respect for me before treatment. He told me that I am his role model for fatherhood. Wow! I became a better steward of my health with better nutrition and exercise. I began to build a relationship with a higher power that was less constrained than that of my childhood religion. I was blown away by some of the answers to my prayers, and it still boggles my mind. I went from self-unemployment to a real job with a real employer and a steady paycheck. My first job after treatment suited me perfectly. That was a miracle. Unlike my resentful relationship with employers during my active use of chemicals, my sponsor showed me how to work the steps on conflict situations with my boss. I began to move easily from job to job and to stay as long as I liked. I got along with everybody and I enjoyed my work. I put a modest amount in savings uh, and I have been able to give time and money to charity and political causes. I made financial amends to my ex-wife for the child support that I never gave her during my years of using. Eventually, I saw I had inherited toxic thoughts of shame and anger from my father, who had received that same training from his father, and so on. I had medicated my anger with drugs to prevent it from coming out sideways as explosive, violent thoughts, uh, words, and actions. I was incredibly at peace when I finally forgave my father for his abuse and forgave myself for repeating that cycle. I'm still learning to let go of toxic behavior with love and forgiveness. I am discovering my family and friends are strong and capable without my advice. I'm still learning how to be a nurturing ancestor to my four brilliant granddaughters. I go to 12-step meetings once a week to reinforce my intrinsic motivation I journal about my ups and downs, pray, share with others, and talk to my sponsor. I don't wish that my life had been any different. My experiences of addiction and self-isolation have propelled me into a life of building connection and belonging, which has benefited me immeasurably, and I am glad for that. After 38 years of recovery, most days I am peaceful. Frustration and fear are strangers. Some days I am inexplicably happy. I am sometimes so grateful it brings me to tears. I am grateful to my wife, my family, and friends for all their support and encouragement. I did not, by any stretch of the imagination, recover on my own. Recalling and sharing my story reminds me of how much personal change is possible, 
not only for myself, but also for others. I have written at length about my journey in a book, Love Always Wins, available for free at lovealwayswins.us. Next week, I will reveal how I lied to myself and pretended to be invisible. Until then, as a reminder to both me and you, let's pay attention to our breathing and keep it gentle. Yeah, I love you.